something, or, you know, I'll talk about it. Ted, you got something? I'm believing that, Ted, in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. I'm believing God for your supernatural increase. Amen. Ted, Ted, will you join your faith with mine and believe that God will give you financial miracles in the next three months? I mean, would would you believe it with me? Yes. If I said that God wants to do it, would you believe it? Yes, I would. God, give Ted financial miracles in the first quarter of this year in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that there's an abundant supply of increase in finance. Lord, I thank you that Ted's going to have to look for inventory. Because they're going to be a, uh, a, an invasion of people. Come on his property and haul all that stuff off and give him top dollar in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that supernatural increase and uh, prosperity is coming into Ted's hands in the name of Jesus. Money cometh for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm I'm, I'm believe with all of you, but, um, you know, this year, this year was a record-breaking year for Winter's Church. I looked at, I I was telling Tyler, I said, I got this uh, 1099 from somebody. I'm like, I don't remember getting $175,000 from anybody. And Tyler's like, oh, you know, that's for push pay. That's our, it's a K. So the people contributed. So any, what came through push pay was 170. That's what came through push pay this year for what was 175 grand into Winner's Church. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That's more than we've ever had come through the push pay. And I, I didn't, I haven't figured out, I haven't looked yet what, you know, we haven't done our, uh, our, uh, uh, looked at what came in for the whole year, but I believe it was a record-breaking year for Winner's Church. I believe it was a record-breaking because we, uh, during dur- just during revival, what you all sowed during revival was in excess of sixteen thousand dollars toward toward our guests, toward our guests. Come, you y'all don't understand. Churches this size don't do that. But we do. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So I'm, a, I'm pumped up. Now, what does that mean to you? Well, you got a harvest in the field. Amen. Glory to God. Listen, some of y'all ought to be like, money cometh to me. Amen. Glory to God. Now, some people are like, well, you're talking about money. Amen. We're talking about money. Listen, if you, if you, if you, was, if you was in dire need of healing, we'd be, we'd be shouting about healing. There's some of us, we're in need of, of a supernatural blessing financially. So, amen. Yeah, money cometh. Glory to God. I don't know why that makes some people mad. You know, if you sow potatoes, what do you get? If you sow carrots, what do you get? If you sow apples, what do you get? If you sow money, what are you going to get? Amen. You, you reap what you sow. And so, uh, Amen. But uh, what, here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the biblical law of association. So open your Bibles with me uh, to the book of, uh, I received that in the name of Jesus. Uh, open your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Kings. Uh, I, well, you know, maybe not. Maybe go to, go to a different one. Let me, let me tell you where. I'll tell you in a second. I should have prepared for this here. I should have known I wasn't going to get to just jump right in there. Um, oh, da, 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 da. 
Yes? Do you have the scripture? <laughs> um, this, this, went, this past Wednesday, uh, we started uh, on spiritual warfare. Um, I think if you weren't here Wednesday, at the very least, you're going to want to uh, listen to that. And then I'm going to continue with that this week. You know, I talked about spiritual warfare on Wednesday, and then I get a phone call uh, to pray for someone's deliverance on a couple days later. So, uh, listen, some of you are under attack. I can feel it. This, this morning, I felt it. Some of you, the devil is looking to try. You know, the Bible says, the thief cometh not before to what? Steal, kill. But I am come that you might have, and that you might have it to the fullest. Amen. More abundant. I receive that, Charlie, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank God. Um, so, you know, the enemy, he wants to try to take y'all out. But you've got to determine he's not going to let it happen. I don't care, how, I don't care how, how difficult it is. You've got more power than the devil. Amen. But anyway, go to Book of Matthew instead. Book of Matthew chapter 18. We, we talked about the last time I ministered, which was, I think, during revival sometime, I think on a Sunday, right? Uh, the first Sunday of revival. We talked about the law of agreement. Isn't that the last thing we talked about, the law of agreement? Let me kind of refresh your memory. The law of agreement uh, is this. Uh, Matthew chapter uh, eight, 18. Did I say 18 or did I say 16? Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Matthew chapter 18. Oh, you know what? This is all of this is so stinking good. <laughs> I'm not going to read that part. But anyway, um, again, I say, I, say, I say to you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Amen. I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they uh, shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So that is, the, that is the law of agreement. The law of agreement. We as God's people have to understand that these laws, laws are, uh, Anna sent me, a, was it you, Anna? Somebody sent me a little bit of, no, no, it was, who was it? That, but, oh, it was Carolyn. Carolyn was asking me. She said, what is a principle? Was it you, Carolyn? Oh, that was Jasmine. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> it gets jumbled up. Anyway, so it was Jasmine. What is the principle? Because one time I had a word for her, and I talked about principalities. We, we talked about that uh, um, on Wednesday. Uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You know, that word principalities, how many of you know that that's referring to an evil spirit? Right. Principalities. Now, you can, you can determine something by the, what, it, what it calls that evil spirit. It calls it a principality. Yeah. Well, that tells you something. That's an evil spirit that's going to attack you in the area of principles. Yes. Laws. You know, that's where, that's, so a principality will try to attack you in the principle of, a, of the law of agreement. 
Because principalities, that's where they work. They work to try to wreck the principles of God's word. Now, y'all know what a principle of law, a law is. The law of gravity is a principle. It's a law. A, a principle is something that we, that we can, that we, uh, that we know will produce, it's a law that we know that will produce an expected result. So the law of gravity, I always, I always do it this way. If I drop this tissue, how many times is it going to fall to the ground? Every time I drop it, right? It's not going to fall nine times and then uh, on the 10th time just hover in the middle of the air. In fact, it's never going to hover in the middle of the air. Why? Because there's a principle at work. There's a law at work. It's the law of gravity. That law of gravity, that principle was established by God in the, you know, in the beginning. It's, it's settled. It's done. God, God established it. So how, how many times will that principle work? So we believe that these principles in the natural work every time. But when it comes to spiritual principles and spiritual law, the enemy would like for us to believe that those things don't work every time. But you know what? It's the same kind of law. It's the same kind of principle. God has devoted himself to seeing to that those principles work. Amen. So when you give, it shall be given unto you. It works every time. Not part of the time, not half the time. So do you know what it is that works to make that not work? Principalities. Working against those, those laws, those principles. So the law of agreement. Do you know why it is the enemy fight you in coming into agreement with your brother and sister? Why are there so many disagreements in church? Why is it so important that people voice their disagreements? Why do people feel like they have to be heard when they have a disagreement? <laughs> Amen. That, that's why I, I, I kind of encourage people to be careful. You know, sometimes when we, when we uh, you know, we want to, sometimes we want to go through counseling. I'm not knocking counseling. You know, there are times that we need to go through counseling and be counseled and have counsel, counseling, those things are right. But you know, sometimes some, some people go to counseling because they want to have a place where they can get things off of their chest, where they can say things that, you know, they've never, you know, some things, some things are better left unsaid. Some things are better left unsaid. Uh, so the law of agreement the law of agreement is a powerful law. The law of agreement works in um, works together with the law of confession. So once you come into agreement, there are confessions made. The law of confession. We've talked about the law of confession. Remember the, the most important thing about the law of confession was homologio, saying the same thing that God says. Coming into agreement with God, saying the same thing that God said. The Lord spoke to me about this year. He said, this year is the year where God's people agree with his plan. And when they come into agreement with his plan, any miracle that's ever happened in the word of God or that we've seen happen outside of the word of God, any, any miracle we've ever seen happened when God's people came into agreement with his plan. Well, a part of that agreement has to do with your confession. Am I saying anything right now? Yes. All right, I know I'm, re I'm, I'm, I'm kind of get, getting everybody caught up. So, so uh, coming into agreement, amen. When we come into agreement with God's plan, we begin to make the right confession. Uh, listen, I, you know, I talked about sickness. Some of us have to quit being afraid of getting sick. Yes, come on. Say that. 
You need to quit being afraid of getting sick. You need to quit being afraid that you're going to get ill, that you're going to fall ill, that you're going to, you know what? Some of you, you're afraid of getting old. Quit being afraid of getting old. You, listen, you're not, you're not breaking down. You're breaking out. Amen. You're not breaking down. You're breaking out. Glory to God. Some of you women nervous, like you, like you, you, you starting to get older. You, you starting to look in the mirror. You trying to find, you know, creams and, and remedies and, and things of that nature. Some of you looking for, you know, strings and tape and, 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 uh, uh, using filters. Listen, I saw, I saw someone, I saw someone on Facebook that their picture was so filtered up. It's like, who in the world is that? Who in the world is it? I know, I bet you, it reminds me of back in the day. Back in the day, we didn't have, you know, the internet. We didn't have social media. We didn't have filters. But we did have a place called Glamour Shots. <laughs> and listen, people be breaking out their Glamour Shots. You're like, who is that? <laughs> Anybody remember that? <laughs> oh, listen, people, people listen, you, you know what? You're beautiful. You're hot. <laughs> I was, we were, we were cleaning the kitchen yesterday and I had my hand under the sink and I was wringing out a towel. She says, babe, be careful. I, I got the hot water on that. That hot water's good. I said, I'll be all right. I said, I touched you and you're hotter than this water. She said, boy, you keep talking like that. <laughs> I'm going to have to take you out to dinner. So we did. We went out to dinner with Tyler and Ayla. And she paid. See, some of y'all got to get your minds out of the gutter. Amen. But anyway. <laughs> even, even Annie got nervous. She like, oh, what are you saying? Uh, all right. So anyhow. <laughs> now that I made it real awkward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we've, got, we've got to quit believing things that are contrary to the word. We, we've got to begin to believe what God said. We've got to quit being afraid of a number. We've got to quit being afraid of sickness. We're going to be cautious, but we're not going to be afraid. If we're feeling under the work, we're going to be, but we're not going to be afraid. Amen. I'm not going to, I'm not, God hadn't given me a spirit of fear, yeah, that's right. but of power and of love and of stuff. So that, see, we've got to come into agreement with God's plan. Right. We got to come into agreement with what God says. The way we do that is, first of all, we, we find out what his plan. We come into agreement with it. Where any two, where any two agree here on earth as to touching anything. Amen. Yeah. Did we just read it? Yeah. All right. Amen. If two of you agree on earth about anything, it'll be done. By who? It'll be done for them. Say done for them. Say done for them. Say it again. See, some of you don't like anything done for you. 
Some of you determined to involve yourself in it, even though the Bible says it'll be done for you. By who? By your Father, which is in... Amen. Glory to God. How... See, when you come into agreement with God, you don't have to do it. He does it for you. Amen. And when God does it for you, it's done right. Amen. All right. So now that we've got that out of the way. So the, the, law, uh, the law of confession, the law of agreement leads to the law of confession and uh, will also affect your associations. Listen, when you, when you begin to walk in agreement with God's plan, that will automatically cause you to begin to have to change your... Now, I, I, have to, I have to say that in a way that it may... You, don't, you may not consciously change your associations, but when you begin to align with God's plan, your associations will begin to change. Because there are certain people and certain spirits that won't hang out with you if you line up with God's plan. There are certain attitudes and certain ideas and certain principles that will not work and will not hang out around you when you come into alignment with God's plan and when you come into alignment. When your confession, you know what? There are some people, when I said, to, when I said here today, let's pray in the spirit. You know there are some people that go to church here in Oklahoma City that had they been here at Winter's Church this morning and I said let's pray in the spirit that some of them wouldn't have been able to come into line and come into agreement with that. Ted, you got something in your eyeball? Yeah. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> you know, there are some folks that don't, they don't associate with us based on the fact that we pray in tongues because they don't agree. Amen. We make, we make that confession. I'll pray in the spirit. I'll pray with the understanding. They don't make that confession. So you know what, you know what that does? That affects our associations. See, what, my, what many of us haven't considered is this, that when we start making decisions to move toward the Lord, that our association with him will affect our association with others. Who, we, who, who wants to be associated with us? Who continues to be associated with us? And, and I think sometimes when people choose to begin to disassociate themselves with us based on the fact that we started going after the Lord, some of us start to rethink whether or not we ought to be making the confessions that we're making or standing in agreement with the things that we've stood in agreement with. And listen, it's gotten, it's gotten over the years, it has gotten way, way different. Back, back in the day, it used to be if you were a believer, if you were a Christian of any kind, uh, there, was, there was some measure of honor in that. But that's gone the way of the dodo. Now, you know, as believers, as Christians, we're looked at and, and uh, looked upon as being a little off kilter. Uh, we're we're uh, uh, extreme, yes. So I want to talk to you about the biblical law of association. So we have agreement. Once we come into agreement with God's plan, then we have our confession changing. Once you come into agreement with God's plan, change your confession. 
Once you come into agreement with God's plan, change the confession. What is God's plan? Now, I know we're, 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 we're going to get over there. Amen. Just hang with me. I'm feeling like I still have to develop some of this. Praise God. Praise God. So the Bible, I want to show you what the Bible says about the law of associations, the biblical law of association. Agreement affects our confession, and then our confession begins to affect our association. Now, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. You have, to, you have to be conscious of the fact that God, is, God will work sometimes to try to change your association. Some people, God will put you, <clears throat> he'll connect you with some people in order for you to bring about change to the environment of their life. To help them to come into alignment with God's plan. <clears throat> some people, God will draw you away from them because those people affect the environment of your life. And draw you away from God's plan. See, God wants to use some of you to draw people toward God's plan. But the enemy will try to put people in your life to draw you away from God's plan. You know what? You know why I believe some of you are under attack? The enemy is attacking you in order to try to draw you away from God's plan for your life. If, if, you, were, if you were here Wednesday... You, you, you learn something about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare doesn't have anything to do with you personally. It has to do with who you're associated with. Well, who are we associated with? Well, he's the great God of the universe. Amen. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. And you know what? He just happens to be the enemy of Lucifer. The enemy of Satan. The whole reason we're in any kind of spiritual battle is because we've aligned ourselves with God and Satan has aligned himself against God. And so by default, because, because we are God's uh, children, his enemies are, have become our enemies. Now see, the devil, the devil doesn't have any personal interest in destroying you, but he does have an interest in destroying anything that's godly, and anything that has to do with the promotion of God's kingdom. That is why you are under attack. Are y'all hearing me today? Yeah. See, I know we like to think that the devil's after us personally because he has a bone to pick with us personally. The devil could care less about you personally. The reason why he's attacking you is to try to keep God's plan from coming to pass. Period. The enemy doesn't want God's plan to come to pass. And if he can, if he can shipwreck God's plan in your life, then he, can, uh, then, then he believes that he can keep God's kingdom from accomplishing what God intended for his kingdom to accomplish. Amen. So already we see the law of association at work in us. When you became a Christian, there are certain... Listen, some, some of you trying to maintain associations that God is trying to break... Some of you still trying to hang out with people that you know good. Well, you're, you're like water and oil. Y'all don't mix. And you're trying to be, you're trying to be, um, 
I, I know this happened with me, and I made mention of it uh, here recently. Um, I had a friend who passed away, a childhood friend, someone that I grew up with when we first moved here to Oklahoma City. I grew up with this individual, and um, she, was, she lived down the street from me, and she passed away. She uh, succumbed to cancer and passed away. And so uh, a bunch of my, my friends from my childhood, they got together, and they asked me, could you preach, could you preach the funeral? I said, sure. So I was looking forward to seeing these people. They were my friends. I was looking forward to hanging out with them. Just keep that scripture up there. I'm going to get to it here in a second. I was looking forward to hanging out with them and uh, catching up. And uh, so, you know, the day of the funeral came. Uh, we, had, we had talked about what we were going to do. Uh, we were going to have the funeral. Then after the funeral, we were going to go to my, you know, this, my deceased friend's husband's house and because uh, you know she's passed away and we were going to gather all of us you know childhood friends and we were just going to have a time of of catching up and remembering our friend so when I got to the funeral home Annie was with me immediately there was a there was a sense of there was a distance I didn't, I, didn't, <clears throat> I didn't personally create a distance between me and my old friends, but my current association created a distance between me and them. Have you, ever, have you ever gone to hang out with people that you knew before you knew Christ and there was an awkwardness, there was a weirdness that happened there? Do you know what we as Christians try to do? We try to get rid of that awkwardness because we don't want anyone to think that we're religious. Amen. Amen. Because we want to try to win everybody to the Lord. I know, I know that's what my heart is. I want to win everyone. And whatever, whatever I can do to try to win people to Christ, to try to win people over to Jesus, you know, I want people to come to Winner's Church. There's a lot of stuff that I want. I, I, want, to see, I want to see this building. I mean, already uh, we're getting, we're getting kind of, it's getting iffy. But I'd like to see this building cram-packed full. Now, the likelihood of that happening and Americans coming and getting that close is almost nil, but I have a big dream. Amen. So, you know, I'd like to see this place packed out with people. I mean, just packed to the gills. But, you know, there's some people that when I, when I communicate with them, when I talk with them, even Christian people, when I hang out with them, there's this distance, there's this gap, there's this awkwardness, there's this strange sense of weirdness. And it's not that I, I'm not trying to create it. I, I am trying to figure it out. And I would, like, I would like for everyone to come and to be a part of Winner's Church. I, I think there's a place for everyone here. But, you know, when we say that, everyone who wants to agree with God's plan. We'll find that there's a place for them. But if you have a plan and your plan starts kind of. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I might not have picked the best day to preach this, but I'm going to keep on going. So I'm, I'm with these friends. Now they're lost. They're, they don't even know the Lord. We are really disassociated from one another. I have, I have taken a whole different road in my life than these people chose to take. I'm not being judgmental of them. 
You know, if they want to get, because they want to, you know, they want to get together and drink beer. Here's, here's the thing with me. I don't, I got people in my family love to drink beer. I've tried it. Tastes like pee. I mean, I know, I know back in the day when I was lost, uh, you, you, you have to acquire a taste for, listen, even if you're, you drink beer and you're like, well, I really enjoy a cold beer. You had to acquire a taste. That stuff tastes nasty. Um, but am I, do, am I, am I uh, condemning of them? No, I'm not condemning of them. You, you can, it's your life. You can do what you want to do. But by my association with Jesus, I'm just not a participator in that. You know, here's what some people will say. You're just a killjoy. Why? You think you're all that? You think you're better than everybody else? No, I don't think I'm better. I'm just not going to do that. Well, that makes some people uncomfortable. That makes some people uncomfortable. Why? Because you don't come into agreement. Why is, it that, why is it hard for us to get gay people to come to Winner's Church? Because we won't come into agreement with them. Because we won't agree that it's okay for them to live that way. Now, do we love them? Yes. Is there a place for them here at Winter's Church? Absolutely. Are we going to agree with their lifestyle? No freaking way. But you can come to Koinonia. We'll eat with you. We'll, listen, we will, we, will, we will Bible study with you. We will pray with you. I will baptize you in, in, in hopes that you will be buried with him in baptism and come out of that water into the newness of life. Amen. But you know what? I agree, I agree with you. Tabitha and, Derek, and Derek and their family, they're vegan. I am not. I like turkey. I like brisket. I like, I like all these things. You know what? Uh... They don't agree with me. They don't have to agree with me. And I don't have to agree with them. You can eat whatever you want to eat. Or not. Amen. Michael Salazar. Michael Salazar used to be pushing 270 some, 280, 290 pounds. He quit agreeing with that lifestyle. Sometimes he'll look at me and he'll be like, Pastor, I don't agree with what you're putting down your pie hole. <laughs> you know what? I don't care. I mean, I love Michael. Don't get me wrong. I love Michael. But, and, and he does have some influence. But there's some things, you know, we're not in agreement. Right. Right. We have to be careful that we don't sever ties with people based on things that don't have to do with God's plan. When we're, when, we're talking, when, we're, when we're talking about the law of association, we're talking about it biblical, the biblical law of association. It is important that even when you have conflict and disagreement, and it's, and it's not uh, spiritual, but it's natural conflict and disagreement, that you don't sever relationships with people based on that. 
especially if they're people that the plan of God for them and the plan of God for you is the same. So that this group of people that were my friends, we, we were, there, there's some distance created by my association with, with God. But you know what? As, as a believer, and I'm, I, want, I want to say this to y'all, as a believer, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to make them feel comfortable. I wanted to make, I didn't want them to be, feel awkward when I was there. Annie and I were sitting at a table all by ourselves. The room was full of my, my friends from when I was a kid. And Annie and I are literally at a table in another part of the room. We, we moved to go to another table and people moved away from that table to go to another part of the room. Why? Because they felt awkward. Because they didn't feel comfortable. Because we no longer were associating with the same spirits. But so I, try, I tried to bridge the gap. I'm like, hey, you know, y'all, I'm trying to make them feel comfortable. You know, they're, uh, they're taking cigarettes out of their pocket and putting, you know, in their, you know, put in their wife's purse. They're, they're, they're hiding things that, you know, they're hiding things that they think will uh, be offensive to me. They, 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 uh, they go to talking different. They, they quit cussing, you know, they quit they, they quit using curse words. They, they start talking in a very different way when I get around. And um, at first, I was like, I wanted, I wanted them to know, hey, man, I'm the same guy. But you know what? I'm not the same guy. I mean, I have the same body. The same mind. The same voice. Not the same hair. But, you know, I, but it, it, there, there, there's a lot to say. But in the spirit. Things have changed drastically. And so I'm trying to find a way because I'd like to see them. I'd like to win them over. I'd like to win them to Christ. I'd like for them to see Jesus in me. And so I'm not willing to sever our association uh, based on, the, on, you know, on these natural things. I want to find out if there's anything I can influence. Well, you know what? The only way I'm going to find that out is to find out what God's plan is. Right. And align myself with God's plan. So I get up and I, I, know, I'm taking, I know I'm taking a minute. Is this okay? So I, I get up. I preach the funeral. After the funeral is over with, Annie and I go to the back of the room. And um, we're uh, shaking hands and, you know, uh, giving our condolences and uh, comforting people and whatnot. And then someone says, well, we're going to head over to T Todd's, which is the guy's. Uh, the husband of, of my friend that passed. We're going over to Todd's. Uh, are, are, you, are you coming? And I, I had every intention of going. I was like, yeah, someone send me a map. Tell me where it's at. Someone tell me where it's at so I can, I can go. I was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to a meal with old friends. But as I, as I made this commitment to go, <clears throat> in my spirit, it was like the Lord was saying, no. Does, does anybody know, um, anyone here know what I'm talking about when I say that you just know it in your inner man? There's something that you, you just get, a, the world calls it a gut feeling. For us, there's an inward witness. An inward witness. A divine compulsion. Something supernatural. We need to learn how to listen to our spirit. Because in my spirit, in my spirit, I thought I, I shouldn't go to this. 
And I had and I had a way of escape because Annie had to do some work. She had to get on the online and do some work that day uh, for her job. And um, so they're they're they're, they're uh, trying to text me the directions to this place. And I look at Annie. I said, I said, you got work to do, don't you? She goes, yeah. She said, that's okay though. I'll do the work. I said, you know what, y'all? I'm not gonna be able to go. And they're like, oh, really? Why not? And I could tell secretly they were kind of glad. <laughs> <clears throat> because, you know, they're not going to be able to drink happily. They're not going to be able to speak the way that they would normally speak and do that. They're not, they don't feel comfortable around me. It's, they love me. They just don't feel comfortable around me. I, I'm Ziggy, but I'm not the same Ziggy that they knew. Y'all understand what I'm saying? They're, now, listen, um, that, didn't, that didn't mean that I could have no, no association with them. But the association that I did have with them had to be on the level that I was in agreement with God's plan, that my confession remained in alignment with God's plan. I can't go to cussing just to make them feel comfortable. I can't go to telling dirty jokes just to make them happy. I can't pick up, I can't pick up a guitar and, and go to singing the number of the beast because that's what we did back in the day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, some of us get together with friends and we want to break out the wine. All the way from the bathroom, man. Well, (laughs) anybody know what I'm talking about? We want to start the... The, the weird talk. And then, we, and then we wonder why we run into difficulties and why we're battling with the devil. Some of us, we're in a battle with the devil because the enemy is fighting to get us off of God's plan. And that law of association. There's some, there's some people, y'all have, to, y'all have to determine the level of association you're going to have with some people. There's some people you can go on vacation with. There's some people you can't go on vacation with. There's some people you're going to end up at the club with. I must be preaching because y'all, yeah, I must be preaching because, oh yeah, Ted don't go nowhere, so he don't, he's like, amen. <laughs> but the Lord spoke to me as we were walking out and he said, why didn't you, because she kept telling me, she said, no, I'm good, you can go. I said, no, you got to work. She says, no, it's all right, I got to, I said, you got to work. She says, well, I got I to gotta work. I said, so, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to go with it. I said, it's all right, y'all. They were like, ah, shucks, too bad. We'll see you later, Zig. <laughs> and, they, and they bounced. Now, it was, it's okay. I, it didn't hurt my feelings. I understand, I understand that. But I got in the car, and he said, why did you do that? You could have gone. You know what the Lord, told, the Lord told me? He said, I don't want 
them to see you as the old Zig. I need for them to see you as the new Zig. They need someone that they can call on to preach their funeral. They need someone they can call on to pray for their children. They need someone they can call on for counseling when they're going through difficulties in their marriage. They need someone that they can call when they're depressed. Someone that they can call when they're about to turn to you. You need to be my representative for them. You can't be who you were for them. You can't help them in that capacity. You've got to agree and come into alignment with my plan. Listen, some of us think it's a bad thing for, uh, for, for our friendships and our associations to change in that, in that respect. But I'm going to tell you something. When you come into agreement with God's plan, there are going to be associations that change. Some of them with uh, people that, that you knew before Christ, people that you know that don't know Christ, and some people that, you, that are Christians. That your association changes because you can't say the same things that they say. You can't plead the blood of Jesus no more. Anybody hear me? Anybody hear me? <laughs> because you can't keep praying for someone to be healed once you've already declared their healing. Because you can't go over and over and over and over and over again. You can't keep talking. Because you're not going to send gossip about their pastor. You're not going to talk down their first lady. You're not going to talk down the man of God. You're not going to bring anything. I can't stand how my pastor does this. How about your pastor? Come on, y'all. See, some of y'all got to quit associating with people that are trying to, that are trying to uh, make you feel bad about being at church all the time. All right, I'm, I'm, now I'm going to preach this message. <laughs> so there are, there are benefits when we come into agreement with God's plan. There are benefits when we uh, make the right confession, when we begin to speak according to God's plan, when we associate with those that God has associated with. Here's a, an example between the prophet and his servant. Well, you know what? Think about this one Elijah and Elisha. Elijah and Elisha. Uh, first in 2 Kings chapter, uh, I believe, chapter 2. No, chapter 19. No, chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19 through Second uh, Kings chapter 2. Elijah and Elisha. That, that is the, the law of agreement. The law of confession and the law of association all in one story. It started off with Elijah finding Elisha in a field with 12 yoke of oxen and him throwing his mantle upon him. All of a sudden, the plan of God is revealed. What did Elisha have to do? Elisha had to choose whether he was going to come into agreement with God's plan or not. Is it okay if I tell this without going to the story? All right. 
Elisha had to decide, am I going to come into agreement with God's plan or not? It took him a while to figure it out because the Bible said after the mantle was thrown on him, he had to run after Elijah. So by the time the mantle hit him and he knew what God's plan was, it took him a period of time. It took him so much time that he had to run after Elijah to catch up with him. So he must have just been standing there contemplating, what am I going to do? Now that I've come, now that I've come to, uh, to a revelation of what God's plan is, what am I going to do? So he runs after Elijah and he says this to Elijah, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother. Let me make it straight with them. And once I make it straight with them, I will follow after you. And then Elijah says this, man, go back home. What have I done to you? Do you know why that, that, uh, that conversation took place? Because Elisha understood what God's plan was, but he was having trouble coming into agreement with it. And his confession reflected it. He, was, he wasn't saying, let's go. He was saying, let me work things out first. Let me, let me make sure my retirement is settled. Let me make sure I got my bills paid first. Once I pay off my debt, I'll do the plan of God. Once I have my 401k settled, I'll do what God told me to do. Once I get this in order. Well, once I get this business going. Once the kids are out of the house. Well, after I go to school, once I get my degree. Boy, I am, I am on it right now. Now, see, when God, when God, when God makes his plan known, amen. See, some, some people waiting for the pastor to acknowledge the plan of God in their life. You know what? I, I've, I've never, I've, we've never shared this. But, you know, Cherie, when, when Cherie began to... When Shri began to get a hold of the vision for evangelism and the Lord began to show her that was his plan for her life, she expressed it to me. Do you know I shot her down four, three or four times? I shot her down three or four times. I was like, no, Shri, I got somebody else doing that right now. But it's in my heart. I was like, keep it in your heart. Uh, if you really want to do it, go and do that with this individual under the umbrella of what they're doing, of what I asked them to do. Sheree's like, yeah, but I'm doing more than they're doing. And I'm, I, I have to motivate them, Pastor. They, they are not even motivating me. Pastor, they didn't even show up. I was the only one that showed up. I'm the one that's out there doing it. They stayed at the house. They're willing to let me do it. Well, Sheree, you know what? Uh, you just hang in there and be, be, keep submitting. <laughs> See, some people think they want me to acknowledge their ministry. You don't want me to acknowledge your ministry. Once I acknowledge your ministry, I'm about to put you up under somebody to serve, to figure it out. And the somebody I put you up under is going to be somebody that I put them up under somebody. And they had to go through the process. See, you know what happened to me? I had to go up under somebody. You don't just get crowned and set in a high place. You got to go through. 
well, then Shireen, you know, after, after, after many, many moons, I was like, okay, Shireen, I'm giving you this evangelism thing. She's like, oh, yeah. I was like, go for it. She's like, well, what, what, what do you want me to do? I said, I want you to do what you've been saying is in your heart. If I got to tell you what to do, then you don't, you don't have it. You, you, know, you know, I didn't bring Cherie into the, into the church every week and train her on what to do. laughing I didn't set up my computer with a you know with a, a PowerPoint and say now I'm going to teach you how to do evangelism no listen if you called and you're anointed to be an evangelist evangelism will come out of every pore and every fiber of your being And, and honestly, do y'all, y'all know you don't need any, you don't really need any natural training to do what God called you to do. All you need to do is come into agreement with his plan and then walk that out, whatever that looks like. And I'm going to tell you what it doesn't look like. It don't look like you being put in a high lofty place right off the bat, getting a nice shiny title. Man, I, I threw Cherie out there. I'm like, go. She's like, well, what do I do? I said, do what's in your heart. Well, how will I know if I'm doing it right? I, I said, I'll tell you if you're doing it wrong. I said, I'll, I'll bring correction. Any, I said, if I don't bring correction, that means it's okay to do it. Isn't that, isn't that how it was? I said, I'm, you're not going to hear from me unless you're just jacking it up. And then I'll give you instruction. I'll tell you this is a boundary. Keep, keep yeah. within these boundaries. Stay in your lane. So she got out there. She started doing it. You know, do you know when Cherie started doing evangelism and, and, and here in this church and she, she, she put it out there. You know what? I didn't announce that Cherie was doing evangelism. I didn't get up and say, hey, we started doing evangelism. No, Cherie's doing evangelism. We're going to see if it's going to work. If it works in her, then we'll present it to everybody else. If it don't work with her, we ain't going to do nothing with it because we've already been trying to do it with others and it ain't worked. But the minute we're going to see it working, we're going to invest in it. So Shri got out there. You know how many went with her? One. Yep, that's it. it was you and Ayla, wasn't it, in the beginning? At least a year, maybe longer. One per- Shri was gung-ho about doing evangelism. Her vision was to have teams of people going out on the street to do evangelism for, for, for at least a year, probably more than a year, there was one person that showed up for evangelism. And we didn't even get to start with evangelism. One. Do you know how that, that's how that always happens? One person showed Sheree, now listen. You think Sheree would be confident? Oh, yes, amen. You know, Sheree, wasn't, Sheree came to me a couple, couple, maybe a month in and said, you know, Pastor, if you'd come, probably people would come and it would help me out. I'm like, well, if I got to go, I might as well do it myself. If, if I'm going to go and that's what's going to draw people to do evangelism, then I'll, I'll do it myself.
I said, Cherie, you've got to do something and you've got to build something that people are going to come to whether I come to it or not. Then there was the thing of, well, can we announce it? I think if we announced it, can we get it on the announcements or something? Can we put it on a bulletin or something? Well, let's get it working and then we'll get it on the bulletin. But we ain't putting it on the bulletin right away. Well, this is, this is hard. Mm -hmm. But see, nobody, nobody, you know, you know, all anybody hears about with Sheree is, Shree's a great evangelist. Shree win the lost. You ought to go out there. Shree is traveling with me. Shree's your and people. Ah, Shree, Shree, boy, all I hear about is Shree. But see, they don't know. Shree didn't feel like anybody was for her. Shree felt like everybody in this church was was like, calm down. And nobody did. You know, there were many people didn't believe Shree was an evangelist. Because it wasn't evidenced. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the environment that we navigate in our pursuit of... That, maybe if I take that off, y'all can hear me better. See, some, some of y'all don't realize that the difficulty that you're facing, that the battle that you're facing is the enemy trying to get you out of line with God's... It's not... Listen, it's not people. It's not people. It's the devil trying to keep you away from God's plan. You know, you, know, you know what it was with Elisha? The devil didn't want Elisha to have a double portion of the mantle that was on Elijah. The devil didn't want Elisha inheriting a double portion, getting a greater measure, bringing a greater scope of God's plan to the people. Of course, you know, Shri, she probably, if she, I mean, now that I'm saying it, she probably remembers it. But it's not that, this is not the stuff that she concentrates on, that she thinks. She don't think about how that only one person showed up for over a year. How that she was like, Pastor, if you come, you know, you'll, you'll make this. I mean, you're not even coming. How, how am I supposed to do it if you're not even coming out? Nobody's going to want to come if you're not even interested. Oh, no, it's not that I'm not interested. I'm totally interested, but I'm not going. Because if I have to show up to everything that you're doing in order for people to show up, what are you really accomplishing? You know, you know what? It's hard to believe that it will change when you're in the middle of the fight. When you're in the middle of the battle, when you're having trouble coming into agreement with God's plan, when you're confess, listen, when you're confession, my God, listen, I bet, I bet Cherie confessed some things back then. I bet she said some things out of her mouth she wished she never said. Because you say all kind of crazy stuff. But your mouth has to come into a line with God's plan. You know what? I am positive that there was a point in time that Cherie thought, <sighs> I know it. I mean, we, 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 you, you could kind of see it even in her actions over there. Now I'm, I'm, putting you out, I'm putting you out there. 
I'm going to have to align myself with some people that do some evangelism because my pastor, he, I love him, but Daniel Kalenda. I mean, I love Pastor Ziggy, but Reinhard Bonnke. I love Pastor Zig, but Jonathan Shuttlesworth. No, 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 Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We think, come on, somebody. See, 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 it's not about your plan. It's not about how you think you go about doing it. You align yourself with God's plan and God will see to it that he raises you up and makes you everything that he intended for you to be and even greater than you even dreamed or imagined. Boy, I'm preaching right now. Listen, what I'm talking about is not for the weak. It's not for the timid. It's not for, it's not for those. It's not for those that just want to have a, you know, have a party thrown for. This is for those that are willing to align themselves with the plan and the purpose of God. That are willing to allow the Lord to cause changes in their associations in order for it to happen. You know what? Sheree drew from Bonky. She drew from Kalenda. She drew from Shuttles. She drew from, she drew from a lot of these people. But at some point in the process, the Lord finally said, I ain't called you to associate with these people. I told you where your association is. I know you can't see how you're going to get to where... I know you don't understand how you're going to arrive at the desert. I know that it doesn't look, amen. You know what? Some people come in here, they're like, singles. When we, when, when we start talking singles, Sheree, again, I'll do singles, but she learned something by then. Sheree was like, I'll do singles. <laughs> she went into it with a, with, with a totally different attitude. She's like, we're going to have singles we ain't got hardly no singles in this church. Well, we do, but I mean, not like in some places. But see, Cherie's like, we're not going after just singles at our church. We're going to have singles. We're going to have a singles ministry. We're going to be the singles hub of Oklahoma City. Our singles group going to be the Christian mingle of Oklahoma City. No, no, no. Maybe not. Not going to be a meat market. We're going to... Aligning with God's plan. You know what? It don't look it, in the natural. <laughs> well, we better build something. Oh, you're going to build something. You know, last time men, when men st- try to build stuff, think about the Tower of Babel. <laughs> <laughs> you can accomplish some things, but it's not always good. I need to quit. I didn't even preach my, I mean, got the first verse out. Ted, are you understanding what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Is what I'm saying clear? Yeah. <clears throat> we got to get out of the realm of our own mind and our own thinking. We've got to start aligning ourselves with what God said. Amen. With what God's plan has been for our life. 
Some of y'all don't like the associations gossip. You don't have any idea. You don't have any idea of how effective these associations are going to be for your life. Some of these associations are going to knock the rough edges off of you. That sucks. But iron sharpens iron. I'm going to have to quit. So let me just finish with Elijah and Elisha. So Elijah throws the mantle on Elisha. He has to make a decision to come into agreement with God's plan. Once Elisha comes into agreement with God's plan, he loses his identity. Thank you. He loses his identity. He's no longer Elisha. He becomes the man that washes the hands of Elijah. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? And he serves under the ministry of a cantankerous prophet. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Elijah was old and he was cantankerous. I know know he was cantankerous. You read in that first chapter of the book of of 2 Kings, he called fire down on a bunch of the king's men just because he's, just because. King sent 50, he's like, fire fall. If I'm the man of God, fire fall on all of you. They're dead. King sends 50 more. He put fire on them. Next guy comes and says, please don't burn us up. The king just wants to have a talk with you. Well, why don't you say so? <laughs> now here's this young prophet that's hooked up with this cantankerous old prophet. Some old crotchety dude, barely moving. This guy's young, has vision. But Elijah has something Elisha needs. And so he's got to associate. He's got to be closely associated. You know what? You, look, you continue to look at that story. Read that. Read that. If you get time, read from um, 1 Kings chapter 19 all the way to 1 Kings chapter, or 2 Kings chapter 2. 1 Kings 19 all the way to 2 Kings chapter 2. Because once Elisha has, has associated himself with Elijah, once he's committed to God's plan, you begin to see that Elijah had other associations, but they weren't the same association that he had with Elisha. The sons of the prophets, the Bible says they stood far off. When, when Elijah was going to go to heaven, the, the sons of the, they stood far off and they, they, they yelled at Elisha, hey, do you know their, your, your master is going to be gone from you today? Elisha yelled back at him, yeah, shut up, you moron. I know, you don't know what you, you don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, these people had a word from God. But they didn't have a close association with the prophet. They knew he would be leaving, but they didn't know what it meant. They knew he would be, do you know any of them could have had a greater measure of the anointing on their life 
than what they had had they associated more closely with Elijah. But none of them did. They all stood far off. So far off. Do you know, do you know double portion? We misunderstand double portion. I, I'm going I'm to explain this real quick. We misunderstand double portion. When, when the Bible says that Elisha received a double portion of the mantle that was on Elijah, it doesn't mean that he got double the anointing that Elijah had. That's not what it meant. In, in the uh, Jewish culture, if someone received a double portion of the inheritance uh, of, a, of a father, what it meant was that, the, that whoever received the double portion got two-thirds of the inheritance and everybody else had to split one-third of it. So they would get two-thirds of the inheritance and everyone else would have to divvy up the one-third that was left. That was the double portion. So that's what happened with Elisha. Elisha got two-thirds of what Elijah was carrying and then the rest of the scraps were divided among the sons of the prophets. Every one of those sons had access to the same association that Elijah had. But you know what? It wasn't an easy road. See, some of us are finding out as, as we turn the corner into this new year, we're finding out that the road that we have chosen isn't an easy road. Because God will hook you up with people that you don't think can get you where he wants you to go. What you don't understand is that it's not, it's not who you know in the natural. I, there are plenty of people, there are plenty of people in the church that live by the natural laws of association. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You talk good about me, I'll talk good about you. You don't say nothing bad about me, I won't say nothing bad about you. You let me sleep around with people that aren't my spouse, I'll let you sleep around with people that aren't your spouse. This happens in church all the time. You can be separated from your wife, I won't say nothing, just don't tell nobody I'm separated from my wife so that it doesn't ruin our ministry. I'm a jerk, but don't tell anyone I'm a jerk. Because if you tell them I'm a jerk, I'm going to ruin your life. You know, there are some associations we thought we would come to as, into as a church while we've been here in this building. That when they found out what went down with me and Jonathan, they no longer want to associate with us. That's how that goes. But you know what? We have to agree with God's plan. Because contrary to how the church has been working, in the last days, it's not going to be about who you know in the natural. It's going to be about who you know in the spirit. And there'll be some people that'll go away with two-thirds. And then there'll be others. They'll, they'll have something, but it won't be what those that agreed with God's plan. Are, are y'all hearing this today? Don't be one of those sons of the prophets that stands far off because it was, it was difficult. It's difficult. We're difficult to deal with, each one of us. Difficult. You need Michael Salazar in your life. You need Twyla in your life. I don't know. Listen, I need them in my, I need Anna in my life. 
See, some of y'all are like, oh, pastor, I, I feel bad. I, I ain't putting you through. I need you. I need you in my business. I need, I, listen, don't do, don't do this. But every now and again, I need y'all texting me at, in, at, at ungodly hours. I need to be reminded at 2 a.m. Charlie's like, I'll keep you up all night long. <laughs> See, that's another thing. Some people are like, how do we get access to pastor's number? Listen, when, when you need to have it, you will. I'm telling you. It's, it's one of those things. Eventually, eventually, you'll be on a text or you'll be stuck, and there it will be. It will magically appear. But you know what? Some of you that have wanted it and, and you haven't had it, by the time you get it, you're going to be like, ah, no biggie. wasn't as special as we thought. It's like having a key to the church. There were some people thought they'd pulled Excalibur out of a rock, you know, when they had a key to the church. It's like, by God, it was so empowering. And boy, I, I, people, people were like whipped pups when I said, I need all y'all's keys because somebody's leaving the doors open. And people was like, I grabbed the key and they're still hanging on to it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got to decide that we're going to we're going to associate with those that God has called us to associate with and I can't, dro I can't drop you because you say something stupid I can't drop you because you know because uh, listen I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this Anna, she and I, we talk, we, we, we text uh, sometimes. Um, usually it's, Pastor, can I call you? I have a question. <laughs> or you'll text me a question. It's never, hey, where'd you get them shoes? That, it's never that. Hey, uh, can you tell me where Pastor Annie got that sweater? That, we don't have conversations like that. Uh, so, did you go to the Bulls game? No, that, we don't have those conversations. Uh, it's... Pastor, how do I walk in love? How does perfect love cast out fear? Am I praying right? How can I see Jesus better? So we'll, we'll have these. Uh, but here's, here's what Anna has to deal with. Pastor, I'm so sorry. You, you, I know you feel like you're having to prop me up all the time. No, I need you. I need you. Tyler, I need you. When Tyler was going through, Tyler felt like he wasn't needed. No, I need you. I mean, I don't need for you to do lots of stuff, but I need you. I need the association. My associate, I need the association with Ted. That I need. I need. This association, I needed it. I needed it bad. I didn't know how bad I needed it. Back to Jesus. <laughs> Eric, I need, we, I, need the, I need this association. That's right. But they're not easy associations to keep. But the benefits that come with associating with the people that God's called you to associate with. The benefits are limitless because they release things in us that can't be released in any other way. 
For Elisha, it meant a double portion of the anointing. Two-thirds of the inheritance. Come on now. That scripture that I was going to read about Elijah and his ser- Elisha and his servant. When, when, uh, I, I, well, I'm going to quit. I'll, I'll read this next time. Can we, we'll read this next time. Shut that off. Shut it off, Rizzo. <laughs> You don't want anybody to be, listen, uh, some people think, oh, pastor's just making it hard. I ain't making it hard. Listen, folks, I'm just letting things happen as they happen. I wasn't trying to make it hard on Sheree. I wanted Sheree to discover what it was that God put in. If I built, if I built what Sheree ended up carrying, she wouldn't have. My dad gave me a, my dad, in 1983, my dad went and bought a brand new, a brand spanking new 1983 Firebird Trans Am. Brand spanking new. It was orange, ugly as sin. But anyway, it was a brand spanking new Firebird Trans Am. Beautiful. He pulled it in the driveway. And he's like, look what I bought. I was like, man. Then he gave me the keys. He said, I'm going to let you drive it. You drive this back and forth to school. I had been driving. Before that, I had been driving his 19th. 55 Chevrolet pickup truck. Unrestored. Still still started with the starter on the floor. It grinded into all four gears. It looked like it was fast because he put mags on it. But when you started it, it sounded like a sewing machine because it had the original engine. But it's a beautiful truck. You know, it's brown. Well, it wasn't beautiful. It was ugly, but it had character. And so I, I drove that around. Everybody wanted to ride in it with me until it did wasn't a hot rod. Then they're like, eh. But my dad, he wanted to start working on the 55. So he said, give me the keys of the 55. I'll take it. You take the Firebird. I was 16 years old. And my dad handed me the, I was saved, but 16 and my dad had me the keys to a Firebird Trans Am. Man, I started that thing up. I was like, oh, yeah. I pulled that thing out of the driveway. I didn't even get out of the neighborhood before I was barking the tires. Man, I drove that thing like I stole it. I drove that everywhere. I drove it everywhere. Like I punched it off of every stop. I still drive that way, don't I? I punched it at every light. I mean, it was, it was a race from one light to the next. I drove that car for about four months. And then I quit school. And my dad took the car from me. But get this, on the weekends, he would wash it for me because I wouldn't wash it. I'd drive it down dirt roads that were so narrow that the branches would scrape the sides up. And he'd be out there polishing on that car on Saturday, taking all the scratches out that I had left in it, taking all them sonic peppermints that had melted into the center console, digging them out of there, Cleaning it up. I'd be like, thanks, Pop. You know what I found out? When you don't pay for something, you don't treat it very well. 
First car, <laughs> first car Annie and I bought together was a Chevy Chevette. $700 we paid for that car. We got, the guy, we got the guy to come off of it $200. He wanted $900. We felt like we got a deal at $700. We really got ripped off. But anyway, <laughs> that Chevette. Listen, that was the nicest, shiniest, cleanest Chevette you ever saw in your life when I owned it. I paid $700 for that thing. Man, people would get in. I had a hole in the floorboard. But I kept it swept and not. Listen, that car, I kept it nice. You get in that thing and it had so much armor on, you could fry an egg on it. It's all shiny. People get in my car, be like, hey, wipe your feet off before you put your feet in here. A Chevette. You could see the road through the hole in the floorboard. But bless God, I paid for that car. I paid for that car. This is my car. Someone sits something on top of it. Hey! They're like, bro, have you, are you looking at your car? Yeah, but it's my car. Get him! You didn't pay for this thing. See, my dad gave me that Trans Am, and man, I, did, I didn't think nothing of that car, boy. It was leaking. Four months, it was leaking oil. Brand new car. I got it leaking oil. I was, it was some kind of record. I had it leaking oil in four months. Ted, in four months, I had that thing leaking oil. Brand new car. I remember my dad said, it's got an oil leak. What are you doing? I'm just driving it. Yeah, like the Dukes of Hazard over the, you know, yee-haw! But I found something out. When you have to pay for something, you treat it with a whole new respect. I'm not trying to extract a price out of you. Don't ever believe that I'm trying to make it hard for you in this church. I'm trying to follow the plan of God. And if you go to following the plan of God, I'm going to tell you right now, it, it, it'll be challenging. Just like it was for Elijah when he went after Elijah. But the reward, ooh, glory to God. Amen. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you some more of this here next week. Uh, did this help anybody? Stand up, will you? I know I kept you too long. <clears throat> oh, yeah, let's get our tithe and our offering together. <clears throat> Praise God. Let's get our tithe and our offering together. and we'll... Gabe's like, man, I'm hungry. Ooh, ooh, easy there, easy. <laughs> He's anointing you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what they, that's what it means to get anointed, to, to rub down. You want me to take your tithe for you, Ted? Yeah. Name of Jesus. Oh, this is your super seed, isn't it? Yeah. Two weeks to supersede. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's, let's come into agreement for our tithe and offering. Father, we thank you for the tithe, for the offering. For the, uh, for the privilege that you've given to us to participate in the economy of heaven. Lord, as we give today of our super seed, of our tithe, of our offering, we're giving back to you. Uh, you're giving back to us, Lord, as we give to you. Good measure, press down, shake it together, running over. And Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that 
you. You are going to receive all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. When the manifestation of the harvest comes into our life. Lord, we're, not, we're going to be like you said in Deuteronomy. We're going to be careful that we remember that it wasn't by the strength of our might or by what we've done that we obtained our wealth, but it was because of you. You gave us the power to get wealth. And so, Father, I thank you that when the people of this house are living in a place of abundance of way more than enough, way more than enough, Lord, that all glory and all praise and all honor will be to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you, Lord, that this is the beginning of the greatest year of our lives. I thank you, Lord, that financially, on the left and the right, we're all breaking out. We're going up higher. There is no doubt. Amen. In the name of Jesus, there will be no limitations. Listen, get things in order. That's what the Lord's telling me. I'm having to get some things in order financially in my life. Some things I've neglected. Some things I've let go. Some things that maybe weren't quite where they needed to be, where they didn't quite measure up. Because God's getting ready to try to send something into our lives that if we come under scrutiny, we have to be able to withstand the scrutiny. So you know what? We need to tighten things up. Some, some of us here, God wants to increase you. So follow him. Follow the Lord. Get things tightened up. Make sure that you're, make sure that you're above the bar. Amen. Amen. I had a vision in Puerto Rico. And in that vision, I was, I was standing there. And there were many of you that are part of this church right now. There were many of you that were there. Of course, some of you we weren't familiar with, so you weren't in my vision. But, but, but the Lord was showing me it was that core group of people. And I was looking at it. I remember in the vision, I, I looked down at my feet and I had, uh, I was dressed in slacks. I had slacks on. I had dress shoes. I had a dress shirt, my tie. I could see my tie because I had my head down for prayer. When I looked up, right in front of me was Shelby. Now, this is what was unusual. Was Shelby, a, Shelby, she at one time had half her hair cut off. One side of her head was buzzed off and she had this long hair. She, she just had a different look. Sometimes, most of the time she'd come to church, I'd see her and she'd come to church in her uh, sweatpants. A, a sweatshirt. She'd come comfortable. It was no big deal, but that was Shelby. So when in this vision, when I look up and Shelby is there, she is dressed to the nines. I'm looking at her and I could tell what she's wearing has value because she is dressed. She got her purse. I'm just like, and I start looking around. I'm looking at Michael and Twyla. I'm looking at Lewis and Nikki, at Tyler, at Ted. Every, as I'm looking at everyone, everyone is, they are, I'm looking and I'm like, where's she, 
Y'all shopping at Mr. Uli's now or what? It looked like everybody, it looked like that's how everybody was dressed. And, and I'm looking around. And, and you know what y'all are doing? Y'all are all, y'all have got hands, your hands together. You're about three deep, but you're all around me and we're all praying together. And y'all are looking at me like, tell us what to do, Pastor. Tell us what to do. And I'm looking at y'all. And in the vision, I remember in the vision, I'm just, I, I can't believe it. I'm like, look at y'all. And, and y'all, when I said that, y'all were looking at me like, yeah, Pastor. I was like, look at y'all. And, and the, Lord, the Lord told me this. He said, they're coming up higher. They're coming up higher. The Lord told me, he said, they will not remain in the same place where they have been. They are all coming out. He said, and, and, then, and then as I'm looking, as I'm seeing this, and I'm looking at, at all of y'all. I look beyond you guys. And beyond you all are thousands of people. And you all are looking at me, and all those people, they're looking at you. The same way y'all are looking at me, all those people are looking at you. I look around, and we are in the most ginormous building I've ever seen in my life. And the Lord told me, he said, this is greater than you ever dreamed or imagined. You know what? I agree with God's plan. Listen, I don't, listen you, you, may, you may be happy with Dollar General, but God's going to deliver you. Not because you desire, not because you desire higher. He desires higher for you. And when you come in line with His plan, are y'all hearing me today? See, I know, I know for some of y'all, it don't, you're like, well, that don't matter to me. Exactly. That's exactly the thing. He don't want it to matter. All He wants, all He wants you to see that matters is that you receive and do what he's telling you to do and if that means he if that means he puts you in armani if that means he puts you in galardia if that means he elevates you financially to a higher then that's where you're going to go amen thank god anna you was look listen you was dressed nice <laughs> I, in, in the vision, I was wanting to go like that to everybody's stuff. You know how people do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I release that to you in the name of Jesus. All right, I need to quit. I, I, I am. I'm out there today, y'all. You have to know, I'm not just trying to keep you. I feel like I'm, I'm seeing some things that I'm just trying to release out of my mouth. So I, I, I declare a release of abundance to you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it, Lord. You can bring your offering. You can bring your tithe. Listen, I will continue uh, with the Law of Association next week, and uh, uh, I think we can wrap it up next week. Just keep it fresh in your hearts, what we talked about here today, and uh, boy, I sure appreciate y'all. We need each other. We really do. We need to, it's not the stuff, we like I said about Ted, I didn't need Ted to carry my briefcase, but I needed the association with Ted, because that's what God said. You know how many pastors came and told me, you need to cut that guy off, he doesn't help you. What a bunch of idiots. Thank God, Ted. Thank God, Ted. Boy, I sure love you. Amen. All right, listen, you can go in his presence before you leave here, love someone, because you do. Uh, I'll try to keep you less time next week if, if that's the way it goes. Amen. Huh?
Oh, that's right. Annie will be here next week, and she will finish what I started. No, no, she be there. <laughs> oh, that's right. Re Revival Sunday night, if you guys want to attend, starts at 6 o'clock at Shawnee. Goes all the way through Wednesday, 7 p.m. every night. I love you guys. We'll see you there. Amen.